Butker trying to line this up. Winchester will snap it. Colquitt will hold it. Twenty twenty tie. High snap. Pull down. Butker's kick is up. It is right down the boulevard. It's good. And the Chiefs take a twenty three to twenty lead with four seconds left in regulation. And Harrison Butker kicks some. You know what? Welcome to the Chiefs Kingdom. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? This is the Arrowheads Abroad podcast show, the show for all international Kansas City Chiefs fans everywhere. Uh, yeah, in order for us to talk Chiefs, we need a couple of diehard Chiefs fans that have gone through all the pain and the hurt over the years uh, to give us their thoughts. One is the Arrowheads Abroad Supremo, Tom Childs, and the other is the Arrowheads Abroad Executive Pringles Taster, Dave Barnett. And then there's me, I'm the Skip Bayless of the of the trio. So, uh, guys, Welcome. How are you, how are you uh, enjoying the uh, the last couple of weeks? Because we did miss a week, didn't we? We missed the Ravens game uh, chat. Yeah. Um, I I put into that. I I did a quick video on that about the Ravens, and I said the Chiefs had learnt a lesson in that game. <laughs> Fast forward to Thursday night, and they played the Chargers, and it's back to the same old same old Chiefs again, I, isn't it? I think we all learnt a lesson yesterday. Yeah. And the lesson being that we can never really trust this team yet until they've proven us otherwise yeah. in big games at Arrowhead in December and January. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, you sound about as, as stunned as what we do. <laughs> I mean, I kind of look at last night as balancing out what happened the weekend before yeah you know with that miracle play by the dolphins and our sort of miracle fourth quarter drive it seems to have been cancelled out <laughs> a little bit after yeah. last night um and i say the thing is it's still in our hands so mm. it's like we we'll only have ourselves to blame at this point if we don't win the division and get a first round by like we still you know win our last two games mm. we get the number one seed so it's not all doom and gloom it, i know it feels like it after last night but it's it's not quite yet i think the doom and gloom was it was a good opportunity to secure our place really didn't it um you know get well win over the division rival go at least two games ahead of them we've got two games left it's all but sewn up isn't it it's all but done but now we're back to kind of like square one again and that's think, the frustrating thing about it I think the issue is that I I certainly feel like Dave will certainly feel like and I'm sure plenty of other Chiefs fans will feel like they've seen this before yeah. and yeah. that is that's where the issue is that we saw this last year against the Titans we've seen it against the Colts we've seen it a couple of times in the Andy Reid era and before that as well and we as Chiefs fans aren't used to success so we are kind of trying to get over this period at the moment we're in there where we've got this magical QB and we because we're doing so well we're kind of expecting us to be over the hump of these 
playoff losses, these comeback losses that seem to happen year in, year out to us. So I think that's where the issue is. Obviously, we're in a better position now because we've still got everything to play for. The season isn't done. This isn't the Titans game last year. But I just feel like we could probably be having the same conversation in a month's time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I kind of look at it last night about the game as well and think if that is a playoff game, I don't think there's any way the Chargers go for two points there. Um, you know, the, it's, right a, there, yeah. it's yeah. a super gutsy call, and I don't think any play, uh, any coach in their right mind would do that in a playoff game. Um, I just think the Chargers probably felt at that point that we kind of need this because I don't really fancy having to go to overtime against the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Kind mm-hmm. of like you know, if the Chiefs get the ball first, they could quite easily score, and it kind of felt like a we need this to win kind of thing and yeah. you know I say it's unlikely something like that happens in the playoffs um, I say my biggest issue with last night is I say issues I've had with the Chiefs for pretty much ever since Reed and Sutton came into town and that's Reed's super uber conservative play calling mm-hmm. in a fourth quarter and or late in games more specifically went with the lead and then Sutton's uber conservative play calling with the lead where it just felt like it he kind of allowed the opposition to come back into that game. Mm-hmm. If it had just kept up with what we were doing on defence up until, you know, our six minutes left into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, maybe they do score again. But you just like I we've seen this before with, and we've seen that it doesn't work with pl- trying to play this like contain defense, this prevent defense, and just allow underneath stuff. We get gashed by it, and teams get back into it. The Jags nearly got back into the game earlier this year, yeah, because we did the same thing, and it, it's just it's never worked. It hasn't worked, and uh, I just like I say. I can forgive Reed because the offense is, you know, ninety-five percent of the time, probably even more than that, phenomenal. Hmm. Whereas with Sutton, the defense has been atrocious, and then stuff like this still happens. It's just, it, he's got to go, man. I, I yeah. just, I can't be dealing with this stuff. I think you're uh, echoing for a few more of the, and more. Uh, it's just. Thoughts, yeah. It's just the same old story, the same old script over and over and over again with Sutton's defence. And it's like, previously, when the defence was good, it's just like, you kind of allow it a little bit because it's like, well, for the most part, the defence has been tremendous. Now, the defence is terrible and stuff like that is still happening. It's just like, because I just look at the defence and I don't, like, yes, there is a couple of positions where I'd, we certainly need to strengthen in the off season on defense. I don't think that's up for, de- up for debate, and we certainly missed a couple of guys there. Mm. But I still feel like there's a more than enough talent on that defense for it to be at least decent. You yeah. know, not spectacular. You know, it's not going to be the Ravens' defense overnight, but it should be better than it is. And I say, I just I say I, I think Swan's got to go. Yeah. Well, the, um, back to your point, Dave. We're- yeah. With the amount of pressure that the guys are getting up front, 
Chris Jones, D Ford, Justin Houston. They should the corners should be allowed to be able to play a little bit more aggressive. Um, you pressure Rivers a little bit more, then he might throw things up. He did it a couple of times yesterday where he felt more pressure, felt hurried that he could that he did throw two really quite bad interceptions. But what happened to Bob Sutton? Bob Sutton essentially shit the bed. Yeah. In, it's, in the it, fourth quarter. It's like what Dave was saying, though. I mean, because I, I put it on the uh, live tweets on Arrowheads Abroad, where there was a point in the game where I thought, Do you know what, this feels very familiar. It was all screen passes. It was all, you know, very kind of sideways, all, you know, not getting much gains. Um, and there was there was that moment where I thought, we're, we're just trying to settle it on, on the lead here. And you can do that. You can you can be conservative with an offense if the defense is going to stay true and aggressive. But that's the but thing. The problem is they the the offense and the defense were not playing complementary football. No, they were both playing losing football, which just isn't going to work in a game like that. It's almost like Bob sees Andy take the foot off the pedal a bit, and then he goes, "Oh well, we'll do the same thing because the game's all but won." And we always seem to have this issue, and they don't seem to snap out of it. And I don't know whether it's Andy Reid just going, it, it, it's like his complacency or what, but it just, it just, it's all too familiar. And that's the thing. I think that's the frustration that everybody's feeling because last year, you know what it was like. You know, when we hit a bit of a slump, it was all, well, is it Alex Smith? Is it the defense? Is it, you know, all that kind of thing? There was a lot. There's a lot of finger pointing going on, and a lot of that was. You know, a lot of fingers were being pointed towards uh, Bob Sutton again, wasn't it? So now we're, we're, you know, another year ahead and everybody's pointing fingers at Bob Sutton again, but then there's this kind of group that look at it and go, maybe Andy Reid's the one that's just dictating everything, making sure that everything slows down to his pace. I do, think you, the, do you feel that? I think the issue here with Reid and Sutton is that Reid trusts Sutton far too much and is far too loyal to him. Yeah. And we will argue, well, we, won't, we will argue for him being fired until the cows come home, I'm sure. Um, but I think when it comes to Andy Reid specifically in the offense, I don't think you can beat up on the guy too much for last night. Like The, the team still scored four touchdowns on eight possessions, yeah. which is very good. The, the issue that I had was the punting it on fourth and three when we're inside the half. Yeah. inside their half I just don't see the point in doing that when you've got a porous defence as it is that is just allowing people the Chargers to have their way yardage didn't really matter in that situation yeah okay you give them I think by the punt we we get gained like 35 yards but for me on fourth and three Andy Reid needs to be a little bit more aggressive and go there because do what the Chiefs were doing at the start of the season the Chiefs start of the season were ruthless yeah. when it comes to offence they were really keeping the foot on the throat and just making sure that teams were knew they were under the cosh where I feel like they've kind of lost it a little lost their way the last couple of weeks or so um, so yeah Andy Reid that is my biggest problem with him but in terms of play calling I think he was limited by the amount of um, pressure that the Chargers were getting especially with the O-line more specifically the guards they were just like a turnstile yesterday yeah yeah um <laughs> you you uh, actually put a question out, didn't you? On um, is it on Twitter? You put it on, or did you put it on Facebook as well? Both, both. Oh God, right. And this is probably the most questions we've ever had um, on this podcast. I mean, there is literally loads of them, um, all talking about where they think the, the you know the problem lies, and and asking for our thoughts really on on, on that kind of thing. But 
Um, one we've got here from uh, Dave Smalls 18 at Dave Smalls 18. Uh, Bob Sutton, time to go. He had the best player selection in a long time and gave up a two-score lead with bad player calls. Williams was awful and really stepped up. Glad to have a fast RB option again. So he's blaming Bob Sutton. Um, again, we I think we've just we just looked at that and thought, well, no, there's a bit of both going on there, wasn't there? Because the two teams, uh, the, the sorry, the two halves were so different, and. A lot of people putting that on. Well, Berry played in the first half and didn't play much in the second half. Um, did he play at all in the second half? I can't, I can't remember seeing. He him. didn't. No. Um, I mean, that was that a factor? Do you think? No, I don't no? think so. Like, you shouldn't be relying on a game that's not played, uh, a guy that's not played in a year and a half. Yeah. Um, to suddenly turn a defense around and like, I just think that it's kind of a cop-out to to use that as an excuse. Um, you know, it wasn't an issue up until the last, what, six, seven minutes of the game, really. And I say, I, I, I just go back to the point I said before, like, that there is talent on this defence. It's not talent star. You know, the way... Chris Jones is playing at the minute. You've obviously got D Ford and Justin Houston. Um, you know, like Stevie Nelson, Kendall Fuller have been playing well for the most part. I'm still obviously not sold on Skandrick. And, you know, it's been sort of up and down at the middle linebacker position, but you know, they'll still make plays every now and again. And i say it, it just I just don't see him getting the best out of the talent we have available. Uh, you know, like I just like Hitchens, for example. I Hitchens looks like a totally different player from the guy that played for Dallas last year. And all that's changed is the system that he's playing in and the coach that he's playing for. Um, and I, yeah, I just I say with things like that that have happened consistently throughout Bob Sutton's tenure in, in Kansas City, it's like. I just, I don't see how you can cut many slack anymore. It just seems like right, it's it's done now. Just like the defense hasn't got better, it's got worse over his tenure. Like it's time for for a change there, just to not waste the offense. <laughs> like how good this offense is going to be for the next few years. Yeah. Like you, you just need a competent defense. It doesn't. I say it doesn't need to be the the Ravens defense just look at the two Super Bowl teams from last year the Eagles and the Patriots they were good offenses with middle of the road but very op- opportunistic defenses and I say that's all it needs to be in the modern NFL you're not like defense still will win you championships but not in the historical sense of you know like a light lights out defense like that you know the um ravens defense of the early 2000s or you know the classic bears defense of like 85 mm-hmm. it's more big plays splash plays from a defense combined with solid not spectacular but solid defense and mm-hmm. you combine that with a powerful offense and that's going to win you games in the NFL it's just how it is now one thing and, I will say is about going back to Eric Berry. 
um, slightly. I do think there was more energy in the first half around the defense. There seemed to um, be, yeah. With Berry playing, one two plays stuck out to me. You obviously have the play where Eric Berry was literally screaming at Orlando Scandrick about <laughs> communication <laughs> and where that. he was supposed to be on the field. And then if you fast forward to the very last play of the game when they go for the two-point conversion, oh, there was a breakdown in communication there. So I do wonder, is this coming down to coaching or is this the players not taking responsibility? Like, how Has it been like that all year? Yeah. Because Eric Berry hasn't been in it. Because yeah. our best defensive half of the season was yesterday. We yeah. only conceded seven points. We had a couple of turnovers, uh, created a couple of turnovers. To be fair, the set of the seven points, it probably should have only been three because the Chargers were let off with a terrible holding call um, on Darren Sorensen. So our best half of the season was yesterday. And I am not having it that one safety coming back should make that difference. Well, that, that's the thing. I mean, um, Richard Windle's put on a, on there as well on Twitter, at uh, Rich Windle. Uh, would you have risked throwing Berry back out there for that last Chargers possession? Would it have made a difference if Berry was out there? I, I think. Th- go on, Dave. You go. I just you're, the sa- you're the safety here. Uh, it's one of those. Maybe it would have, but like you've specified clearly specified a snap count for Berry. You're clearly cautious with bringing like giving him too much too soon, like. Yes, like I said earlier, yes, it would be it would have been tremendous if we won that game last night, won the division, secured a first round bye. But I'm much more worried about his long term availability and how he's going to be for the playoffs. Like that's when it's going to matter. Not you know if you play him in that last drive in the fourth quarter, re-injures himself, and he's missing for the rest of the year. What are you more annoyed about? I, I tell you now for a fact I'm more annoyed that he'd be missing the playoffs than he would be that he wasn't in for that last drive. Yeah. I, I, that I know that one for a hundred percent. So so you're you're really on the on the thoughts of yeah we we no matter what we we should have kept to that uh, you know that pitch count I, kind of thing. I think the issue is that well, it's not really an issue, but Eric Berry obviously played a lot in the first half that's a long time to sit out and then been asked to go back in again like uh, anyone here plays sport will know that after half time it's sometimes it can be a struggle to get your legs go, going again and that's mm. after like 10-15 minutes where you're talking about if he was going back in for the fourth quarter you're up to two hours since he last played a snap so it's a big ask to ask him to come in and when he's not really warm and ready to go on the final drive and I think that the way that Phil Rivers had got into a groove at that point whether or not it had made a difference I'm not too sure mm-hmm. there's uh, some news came out today actually that um, Fuller has, uh, has fractured his wrist or something and he's, he's had to have surgery on it uh, I don't know what the outcome of that is whether he's out for the season out for the playoffs as well or not I don't know but um, uh, Harine De Silva's put on so there's already a pro- already a problem with the cornerbacks, but now with Fuller having surgery, how are we going to deal with that? Pray. I haven't even seen that to be honest. No, <laughs> oh, no live reaction from Dave. <laughs> live reaction, breaking news. <laughs> yeah, um, that that's I mean that's going to be a stinker. That isn't it? If we've lost Fuller, he's probably our one of our best cornerbacks. He is our um, best. Yeah, and um, we've Especially now got yesterday. We've now got Skandrick Nelson. Do they put in Tremont Smith now? Um, I think you have to. 
It, well, yeah, that's the only so, guy that we can think of, isn't it? Is it Ward the guy that they got from the Cowboys? Is I know he's a DB. I can't. I can't think for love nor money whether he's a corner or a safety. I think he's a corner. I think. But, um, but I, yeah, I, I mean, we're already, we're already, you know, scraping the barrel already, aren't we? Of who we've got left. Um, I mean, that's going to be a major blow, especially going in against the Seahawks as well. Massive yeah, blow. well, the, the only positive is the Seahawks might have nothing to play for next weekend. So <laughs> well, they take they... care of business this weekend, and then that yeah. that could be that anyway. Yeah, hoping that um, the Dolphins. There's three games we want to root for this weekend. We want the Seahawks to win, believe it or not. We want the Dolphins to beat the Vikings, and we want the um, Steelers to beat the Patriots. Yeah, because um, yeah, it would be nice. I can't see Pete Carroll doing it, but it would be nice um, to see the uh, Seahawks back up instead of Russell Wilson next. Uh, I was going to say, do you think they will? Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of uh, nervous talk now, isn't there, about this this Seahawks game that we we don't really feel confident in what we saw against the Chargers that we're going to do it against the the, the Seahawks. I just it's one of those like. You know, like, it's going to be tough on the road but at least you kind of go into that game with it being the Sunday night game knowing what you know where you stand a little bit that's probably the one positive about it you'll know the results from earlier so you'll probably come into that game knowing you know what you need to do and that's I always find that so and takes a little bit of the weight off Um, but yeah I, I say it's like Obviously, losing Fuller hurts. Yeah, could be, you know, two to four weeks maybe. So, hopefully, back if we get a first round by for the start of the playoffs. Um, but yeah, you just I guess you're asking the offense to step up again and uh, yeah. drag us through it until we uh till we uh need you know get to the playoffs pretty much well let, let's talk about the offense then because we we've kind of let them off the hook a little bit here but um jermaine langs put on uh offense sells tickets defense wins championships championships true or false i think that's pretty true isn't it offense sells tickets defense wins championships well yeah as as dave alluded to earlier it's a different kind of defense to yeah. the 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 defenses of yesteryear but at the end of the day, in today's NFL, you need an offense to generate a lot of points, and that's what's going to be required in the AFC playoffs. Yeah. The NFC, I don't think, will be as much of a shootout as the AFC, but you're looking at the five teams that are pretty much locked into it at we the just, moment, and you just think that these games are going to be similar to yesterday, if not more points. All we're asking for is a half-decent defense. That's all yeah, we're doing. Just a half-decent well, who would have thought that we'd create two turnovers um, and not have any of our own? Yeah, and still lose. Do we have game? five sacks as well. Five sacks as well. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, that's. Yeah. I mean, although we we have been giving the defense a bit of a, a bit of a bad rep in this in this podcast. We, they, I mean, if you look at those numbers, you'd, you'd think, well, surely they won the game. If if somebody came to you with those stats on the defense, you go, well, yeah, surely they must have won the game from that. Two I turnovers think- and five sacks. I think the problem was that the, the defense was on the field so much yeah. and the drives were so long for the Chargers that when the offense did get on the field, and remember they only got on the field eight times yesterday, yeah. which isn't a lot in today's NFL. Possessions are normally around the 11, 12 mark. So eight possessions isn't a lot. That There's so much pressure on the offense to produce the goods every single time. And they did half of the time. The problem was that 
when Mahomes wasn't creating stuff out of thin air, he was getting a ton, a ton of pressure in his face. Yeah. Like, the O line could not block anybody yesterday. Yeah. Tyreek Hill was clearly still hurt. <coughs> um, yeah. There was a there was a lot of fannying about from Tyreek Hill behind the line of scrimmage. There was a lot of mistakes, like there's this false starts by Demetrius Harris, people not lining up properly. Mm. It's just silly little things, and there was all these silly little things that just added up and added up that meant that we lost this game. Like there must have been so many things for that would have to have gone wrong for the Chiefs to lose this game yesterday. Yeah. And they all happened. Yeah. I mean, I think it, go on. I was just going to say, if you played out that game again and said, right, these are, these seven, eight things need to happen for the Chiefs to lose this game, they wouldn't happen again. Yeah. Not all of them. But unfortunately, yesterday, it just that's the way it, they fell and it, we, we lost. Yeah. And I'm still angry. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you've mentioned the officiating because... Um, we we've we all got frustrated by a few of the calls, but mm-hmm. th- they were happening on both sides. If we're being yes. if we're being honest, yeah. um, you know the Chargers didn't really get uh, some favourable calls either, and neither did we. And you know we can argue about you know well that that's changed the game. Well, it could have changed the game for the Chargers as well. So I I, I mean I, I I was originally kicking off about the uh, the DPI call at the back of the end zone where uh, were the Chargers on. Th- Third and eight or fourth and eight or something like that. Third and seven. Yeah, um, and uh, I think it was Fuller had just I don't know brushed his hand against the receiver, but the ball was way above way above the receiver's head, and it really shouldn't have been called a DPI. But again, you know, it's shoulda, woulda, coulda again, isn't it? It, Uh, I mean, it was a makeup call for the yeah the missed uh, helmet helmet, helmet on Rivers, and (laughs) you see. My problem with the refs isn't necessarily just the bad calls. It it well, you know, it's more it's not just that. <laughs> it's not just that. It yeah. it's just that consistency. It, it's so inconsistent and it's it just seems like they make a mistake and then they try to make up for it, which ends up just making it worse. Worse, yeah. You're right. It's You're like right. you know, the the NFL needs to sort this shit out because these guys are part time, which is insane. When when yeah. you think the amount of money that's on the line in the NFL and how much the guys get, the players get paid and things like that, to think they still have part time referees is just insane, and it needs to be fixed. And say so my problem is they let a lot of stuff go for the most part for three quarters, yeah. and then in the fourth quarter it just seemed to be like a flag on every other play, mm. and it's just like. The thing is, I don't hate the the calls, like the no calls, so much on some of the other stuff. It's just like if you're not going to call it, then don't call it in other situations as well. Like I say, it's like Tom said, consistency. It's like I'd rather just let them play, unless it's something that's really, like, really obvious and really bad. Like, just let them play. And there's just so much ticky tacky stuff. And it's so because it is like a judgment call on a lot of stuff. Like you can't challenge this stuff, so it's like, oh, it's a ref's opinion. He's thrown a flag, tough shit. Yeah. And it, it's just like you either need better refs, and you know, to to get them full time, or you need to make it so obvious what the rules are. Because I don't know if. The refs are a hundred percent short at the minute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's 
I mean, we're not just talking about the Chiefs here. We're talking about. I, I remember talking about this at the beginning of the season. You know this this new uh, rule of the uh, roughing the passer. You know if you land on the quarterback, we saw loads of those calls at the beginning of the, of the season, and then I think during the Ravens game. God, I mean, the amount of times that Mahomes got hit after the pass had gone um, and landed on and whatever, and nothing was called. So you're right about the inconsistency. There's a lot of it going on, uh, and it's happened to everyone. I think the uh, the last one I can remember was the Saints-Cowboys game, where the Saints lost that one. Um, and there was loads of, loads of inconsistent calls on that as well. So you're right they're going to have to sort something out and i think i think you've hit the nail on the head i think i think the fact that these these guys are part time you know they can't really dedicate themselves to you know putting their head in the rule book all every night kind of thing can they but i mean they it do does, it doesn't they, always work it's not necessarily the answer look at our own football the rest yeah. of, over here have recently gone full time and i would argue that the standard of refereeing in our football is worse than it's ever been it probably so is, yeah. it, it's um not just yeah but at least uh, at least you know, their refs have the, you know, the availability of replay, which mm. is something that we don't have in the Premier League. Mm. Um, and I say it's just, like, it, it, it's just becoming so bad. I it, and it seems to be getting worse. And it, oh. it, I say it just seems to be in such bizarre situations. It's like. It gets to the fourth quarter in games, and all of a sudden the refs start to throw flags left, right, and center. Yeah, and it just seems really weird because the game seems to flow for like two, three quarters, and then all of a sudden the flags start coming out, and it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and like it's stuff that they weren't calling in the first half, third quarter. They suddenly start calling. I say it's just there needs to be some clarification on stuff because it's just. I say another game was the. The Cowboys Eagles game, there was some dreadful, dreadful officiating in that. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I just, I don't get it. it it's just like, it, I don't, it should be easier than ever to be a referee now because the game is so, like, balanced towards the offense. Like, but it just, I don't, I don't know. It's just dreadful. Absolutely yeah. dreadful. I don't think there's much more that can be said. The, the, there is one question that keeps cropping up a lot, um, and it's going back to the Bob Sutton thing again. I know I'm jumping around a bit, here, but there's so <laughs> many questions here that are jumping, you know, there's Grand all over pay. Twitter. Um, the, the Bob Sutton one. If you if you saw that game and you were you were Brett Veach, and you're as passionate as you are, you know, as you are now as a fan, do you do you pull the trigger on on Bob Sutton now before the playoffs? Well, it's Andy Reid's call. It's his coaching staff. Do you think? Yeah. Well, Andy Reid's the boss of the coaches and Brett Reach is the boss of Andy Reid. But essentially, when it comes to football matters, yep. not, it's going to be Andy Reid's call. Uh, I know Brett Feach has a say in, well, that ain't happen, say in personnel when it comes to playing staff, but yeah. it's down to Andy Reid and Andy Reid alone to get rid of Bob Sutton. I'm sure that most people in the Chiefs organisation would love to get rid of Bob Sutton. I'm sure secretly that some players would like to, for Bob Sutton to go. At the end of the day, it comes down to one man and one man only to get rid of him, and that is not happening this part this part of the season. We, it, I just don't see how it can because you're essentially asking for a new coordinator to come in and shake things up and try a different scheme two weeks or three weeks before the postseason. It's just not going to work. And so, although what we're doing at the moment isn't working, so you could argue in that sense that you might want to give it a go but no nothing is happening on that side of things until February 
And I, no. I still I still don't think it will happen then. And you don't think it would be a right decision if you were Andy Reid? What, to get rid of him now? <laughs> to get rid of him now. Um, I, I say yes, but I, I'm slightly contradicting what I just said. I would like to see him do it, but I don't think he will. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those... I'd, I'm never hugely a, like a, a big fan of in-season coaching changes, especially for teams doing well. Like, I'm not really sure who you can bring in at this point. You know, it's not like you're going to bring someone outside of the current staff in to suddenly turn the defense around. So it just seems like it'd be more of the status quo. Um, so I say, like, it's it's a move for the off season, if at all. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Clark Hunt has a word because I I know Andy Reid has the final say on coaching matters on that team yeah. but as we've seen before Clark Hunt has sway and yeah. if you know he's not best pleased with someone or something you know take the Marcus Peters situation for example I don't think that trade happens if Clark Hunt doesn't get involved Yeah, and I could see it with Sutton if you know Hunt feels that Reed is not looking at it objectively, hmm. which I'm not sure he is yeah. at the minute. Um, and so it could be a decision that is not taken out of his hands, but is more, you know, pointed in the direction of come off season if the defense chokes it away again, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I think you're right there. I think I think Hunt's looking at this now and thinking, do you know what? This is such a good window we've got at the minute. Mm-hmm. He must be really tempted to just just have a bit of a word, um, ch- just to you know maybe discuss the point after the uh, you know after the season's end after, after the postseason. Well, Chiefs fans are starting to go Scott Pioli on Bob Sutton at the moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, they are. Um, we're just a few brown paper bags in a plane away from going Pioli on Bob Sutton. Like I've seen today that there's been four separate um, online petitions made for uh, firing Bob Sutton. Four? Four <laughs> yeah, of them? Four separate ones. Wow. Made Why don't they just all combined into one? Yeah, so basically imagine if this was 2009 or 2010 again. Instead of planes, there just would have been online petitions to get Scott Pioli out. So this is this is the equivalent of that. It, it's the it's, it's the in thing that in 2018, isn't it? Do yeah. petition. Yeah, yeah happy with something. Do a yeah. petition. <laughs> we had quite a lot of those on Brexit, didn't we? Sign a petition. Yeah. Let's get it stopped. I say, um, like, it's just one of those things. It's it, if it was the first time. And if the defense had been good up until this point, you'd, you'd kind of be like, okay, you, you'd give him another chance. But what this is, I don't know how many times this has happened now, but too many times. And with the defense playing at the level that it's played at this year, I just, yeah, it's, it's got, there's got to be a change. Yeah. Uh, with the Chiefs have lost three games this year. And in those three games, they've scored 51, 40, and 28. So it's not like the Chiefs' offense has been putting the defense in a hole. Um, there's been enough of a head start there for the defence to work work the first team in NFL history to score 26 plus points 
in their first 14 games. Mm. So, yeah, if that doesn't tell you something about how good this offense has been. And, you know, the thing is, like, each of their losses is, like, the, the combined loss total is a touchdown in yeah. three games, which shows you how insane the, the Chiefs have been for the most part this year. Yeah. And, you know, if, if that's the thing. If this defense is middle of the road, I just don't see many teams being able to compete, to be perfectly yeah. honest. I just I just hope we're not sitting here having the same conversation next year. Um, because I, mean, I can... we feel like we've been having it for a few years. Huh? <laughs> it, <laughs> I was going to say, it's, it's, it's Groundhog Day, isn't it's it? It's already um, Groundhog Day, isn't it? Brad's playing the role of Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> Don't drive angry. Um, did, can I just mention one comment on here? Because I think this is fantastic. One, this this is from Steve Pitts, uh, Steve Fitzpatrick, who's at Fitzpaz on uh, on Twitter. Is the play calling getting more conservative and risk averse now that the Chiefs have a position to lose? I thought that was a great question because. Is is that the stance that we've got now? Though even when even we're taking this kind of uh, philosophy into the into the playoffs, because we've really got to kind of go balls out, haven't we, in the playoffs? And is it hard for for uh, Reed to get out of that season kind of games? I just season kind. I, of I kind of look at it, on. and you're 14 points up at home with six minutes left. Yeah, you you kind of like yes, the offense wasn't great but you you would expect that to be enough yeah. like it shouldn't be about the offense in a like in a game like that it it really shouldn't like mm. 14 points up that late in a game you shouldn't have to be talking about conservative play calling it should be like you know it's the first time that the that's happened where i, th- I think a team's been down 14 with 4 minutes or less left on the clock and uh, won in uh, for ages. So yeah. I say that that's not on the offense. That's purely on the defense for me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the last comment I want to say is from Nita Davis. This is a great one. I cannot believe I sat in the cold on a work night without adult beverages to witness this game. <laughs> it's not even a question. It's just a statement. <laughs> I think that's how everybody felt at that time. I think the, you didn't the, have to stay up. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to. Well, I got up. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you did. You go to sleep before, and or did, did you actually stay up throughout the night slept. and the morning? You slept a bit, did you? Yeah. All right. What time's the Seahawks game? Is that a late one again? That's a late yeah, one. Yeah, that's Sunday oh, night. Christ. But it's be, it's the day before Christmas Eve, and I'm off work on Christmas Eve. So. Ah, oh, right. Okay. I'm all good. That's not too bad. Hey, well, at least you can have an alcoholic beverage then. I'll be having several. I might need it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're coming on here going, that was a great game. Yeah, we lost, mate. And the night before, we're, um, we'll be done in purple the night before because on Saturday night next week is yeah. the Chargers versus Ravens game on oh. Saturday night or Sunday morning. So um, I might be staying up to watch that one. Do you know, it well. all depends on which Ravens team turns up there as well, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, it, I, it, if the team that play does, I think they'll beat the Chargers. I, I, I think I look at how much pressure that the Ravens got on... Mahomes and how much issue or troubles they caused the Chiefs' offense on Sunday. Yeah, and then I look at look to the the Chargers' 
offensive yesterday, and I think the Ravens can do a job on the offense. The Ravens the, have to win as well. The, the issue is going to be whether Lamar Jackson can do a job on the on the Chargers defense, and that's where I think they might be lacking. But um, yeah, I'm not completely sold on the Chiefs not winning the AFC West, um, even if they lose to the to the Seahawks I still think that a win against the Raiders might be enough it's whether it's going to be enough for the number one seed I, I still think the, the Broncos will beat uh, the Chargers as well uh, two weeks ago I could have argued for that but them losing Sanders and Chris, I think Chris Harris is out as well I, yeah. I, I think they'll be out of contention by the time oh, they love nothing more than, than you know Putting the putting the sock into it and in uh, a team that's going for the AFC West title, though, don't they? Yeah, that's true. That's we've true. All, but I, we've I think, all had I think, that I, yeah, I'm I'm what I'm worried about now is not necessarily losing the West because obviously that would be bad, and us being the fifth seed. Yeah. But the air in it of inevitability of Tom Brady and the Patriots becoming the number one seed <laughs> and and strolling their way to another Super Bowl. Yeah. Right then, lads. I think we've chatted about everything. Unless you've got anything else to add? No, um, I don't want to be sad anymore. You don't want to be talking about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Let's move on as a group. After you listen to this podcast, let's think positively. Like, yeah. At the end of the day, we're eleven and three. Um, we're in the postseason where anything can happen. We have the league MVP. Eric Berry come back and look good yesterday, and he will look better, I'm sure, as it goes on. Chris, Chris Jones looks good. He's playing yeah. lights out. We've got Sammy Watkins to come back in the playoffs. We've got Spencer Ware to come back. Kelvin, Kelvin Benjamin gives more time to settle in. Yeah. So there's still loads and loads to be positive about. Just don't let Bob Sutton be the one to bring you down. <laughs> don't let him ruin your Christmas. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> Bob Sutton, the Grinch. <laughs> Bob Sutton, don't ruin Christmas. Thank <laughs> God for Andy Reid as well. Um, right, okay. That's it for this week's podcast. Uh, contact us with your comments about the topics we've discussed on Facebook or Twitter at KCChiefs underscore UK. So from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon.